Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Helen Holliman, Editor-in-Chief of Munchies, and welcome to the latest installment of our Austin series on Munchies the Podcast. If you're just tuning in, we've been hanging out in Austin over the last few episodes, exploring what's left of the old Austin and digging into the booming city that it's becoming. Lately, Austin's been making a lot of waves in the national food scene. Spots like Franklin's Barbecue are hard to miss. But today, we're going to be exploring the long-standing titan of the city's thriving culinary scene, food trucks. A food truck is a great way to open a pop-up restaurant. Your clientele comes to you, your spot's on wheels, and you don't have a whole lot of overhead to take care of. Plus, food trucks have become a sort of mascot for the city. Between 2006 and 2012, Travis County records showed that the number of food trailers in Austin nearly doubled. This past February, one of the biggest grocery stores in the U.S., Whole Foods, made a huge announcement. It would open its very first food truck, which will act as a test kitchen. So I headed over to Whole Foods headquarters to talk to Momofuku alum and global vice president of culinary and hospitality, Tin Ho, who dreamt up the concept. I got his thoughts on how Austin food trucks are influencing the American palate and why this model is changing their business. Then I got some old and new perspectives on how the city's food truck landscape has changed over the last five years. I first spoke to Ryan Harms, owner of a brand new food truck called Paperboy and Lisa Mary Skull of Veracruz All Natural about her family's long-standing taco trucks that make the most legendary breakfast tacos in this city. But first, let's talk to Tenho. Where exactly are we sitting right now? Can you describe where we are, what's happening around us? We can kind of hear a little bit of South By in the background. Yeah, so we're in the midst of uh, South by Southwest. We're on the third floor at the global office in my sweet little office. Um, yeah, we're three floors above, but we can still hear it. Actually, I think the band is uh, on the other side of the street at uh, at the uh, record store across the street. Yeah. So it's a party. Yes. Um, yeah. So you are an old school Austinite, so to speak. You have lived here before. You recently moved back. Um, Can you tell me about, describe what Austin used to be like in terms of the food scene when you first started living here? And sort of now that you've been back, what do you think of it? Wow, there's certainly changed a lot. Um, You know, you have to remember, I was here way back in the day. I went to the University of Texas at Austin. So, you know, the food scene back then, for me anyways, was, you know, your basic tacos and Tex-Mex. Um, coming back now, uh, and I was, I was away for, what, 15 years. Um, and coming back now, there's still plenty of that. Uh, but what, what we're seeing, though, is an amazing array of up-and-coming chefs that are really pushing forward. Um, there, there are a lot of guys that have gone off and, and learned from the amazing chefs out, outside of Austin, and they're coming back and uh, bringing what they've learned back and are doing some really, really good stuff. 
um, my personal favorite, uh, big shout out to the the Ola Mays guys. I mean, they're they're just brilliant. You know, just really smart, really delicious. Um, something very very special about that restaurant. I agree. <laughs> so food trucks uh, across the world are starting to kind of pop up. You think about like Berlin, um, London, you know, but it's a lot more um, kind of the early years over there. Why do you think Austin has kind of been the leader in terms of being the incubator for food trucks in general? Do you think it has to do with, like, the city um, and getting permits? Is it that there's really creative people here? Like, what do you think? Where does it come from? I think you hit it right there. It's all of those things. Um, A combination of people that are passionate about food that are – really good at what they do um and it's just easier to start a food truck than than a brick and mortar you know um i know that austin has been a, a big incubator for for a lot of great experiments with uh with food trucks um that has then gone off to open brick and mortar um so in that same mind frame that's what we look at our food truck that we're doing here um it's a test kitchen it's ability to test ideas um and test out our clients, our, our guests, um, mostly to test out ideas to see if they work, right? Um, is it delicious? And we feel like it's delicious, um, but really an opportunity to, to hopefully take it to the next level after the food truck. My last question is, thinking about food trucks in general, you know, people in the past have talked about how they're a great incubator for eventually having a brick and mortar, but like, Thinking about how much, you know, profit and mobility they can make, do you see them maybe never turning into brick and mortars for certain people? As in, like, do you think in the future food trucks will continue to just be food trucks? Oh, man, that's a really good idea. I mean, I was uh, I was just in Portland, and there is a huge community of food trucks out there. I mean, there are literally parks that are just completely dedicated to food trucks and i think this great what a great way to build a a cultural experience for that city and so i hope they never go away you know whether they expand to larger markets and or expand to a brick and mortar or not i think that the culture of food truck should well i hope that it will uh continue well i think i think one thing i would like to kind of touch on more a little bit more i guess is uh the fact that I'm back in Austin, you know, how freaking cool is that? You know, I, I, I guess I was ready. You know, I think New York will always be in my heart, but I was, uh, I was ready for something else. And the ability to come home to this amazing city is uh, such a blessing. Um, and it's exciting to see what's happening here. You know, there's a lot of incredible growth, a lot of great guys doing really good things. Um, so I'm really excited to see how they grow and progress, uh, not within just themselves, but this city. Uh, so that's really exciting. So after I talked to Tin, I met up with Ryan Harms of Paperboy Austin, this brand new breakfast-focused food truck. They have a really good pimento egg sandwich. His spot is one of the newest around town. Why do you think, you know, looking at Munchies especially is like a really global food website, and we have a lot of international readers, and the ones who are in Europe, and especially like Berlin and Amsterdam and London, Paris, etc., like, they talk about food trucks as this new kind of crazy concept, but when we think about it, Austin has been kind of the first pioneer in really like creating a food truck uh, city. Why do you think it has been the space to allow for food trucks 
I mean, that's it's a great question. I'm so new to the game that I may, you know, honestly, if I'm being super honest, I may not be the exact right person to answer the question because I've, I've been doing it such a short time. But sort of my theory would be that the city's really open to this type of thing. Um, the weather supports it really well. I mean, we're getting into summer, and so, of course, it gets hot. But, I mean, I feel like Austinites love to be outside. Like, people... I mean, in Texas in general, but I feel like this city is such an outdoor city. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think people have just latched on to the idea that really, really great stuff can honestly like come from really like small packages, if that makes, you know, obviously it makes sense. But um, yeah, I think weather, I think the culture, I think um, just the idea that you don't, it doesn't have to be flashy to be really great. Um, and that's kind of, I think, part of the sort of the like the threads of the city is that um, it's a lot of grassroots. So, I mean, obviously the music scene is that way, but but I think it, it flows into food as well. Um, so, yeah. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I, I think that the city's been super receptive to it. I, that's one thing I will say. Um, again, I'm, I'm so new to the game that, you know, um, it's hard to pinpoint all of it. Um, but, but just going through the process of opening this, it was such a sort of like a fluid process um, and I was helped throughout the way like even through the process of inspecting the truck like everything goes through the health department so even through the process of inspecting the truck um, and just and just getting the the doors open um, we were helped out a lot and we had a lot of um, I don't know like positive response to wanting to open and, and obviously it's because they're used to it and there's so many of the, them open often um, but I really think that the city just buys in and digs it. And I, and I can't speak for L.A., I really don't know, but um, I do think that that is a big part of it, is that people sort of feel this sense of, like, the the ability to, to like, make it happen and make it work. And, and that's kind of, you know, I mean, we're located right next to this, like, two-story condo, you know, and it's like they come over here all the time for breakfast. Like, people are just sort of into it and, and sort of don't, don't balk at first it's sort of like innocent till proven guilty i guess it's like we believe that you will be you know a good part of our city i guess my one last question is so thinking about city permits you know like new orleans and food truck culture is growing but it's it has a lot of challenges because the city and the permits for food trucks is such a tough battle same goes for new york i would argue la also has some challenges as well what is it like to apply for a permit and then also deal with health inspectors here uh i mean the application process is actually pretty straightforward it's one sort of form um of course you get inspected by health um and they're really the main ones that inspect you and then fire as well but that's sort of all at once um, you drive your trailer to the health department on a Tuesday or Thursday at 8 a.m. and line up, and um, they just do a walkthrough, and then you sort of get spot checked um, every so often. So, like, we've, within I think it was like two months of being open, we had a, like a full on health inspection. Um, and so, you know, the process is pretty simple. It's just sort of like staying on top of it. I mean, I think the really the biggest challenge, um, I know this wasn't necessarily a question, but is everything has to be contained on the trailer, everything. So, like, if we wanted additional storage outside, we would have to mount it literally to the side of the trailer, which we're talking about doing. Um, and so that's really the biggest challenge is, is finding, like, enough space, at least for me, finding enough space to sort of, like, do everything that we want to do. Um, but as far as permitting goes, it's it's really pretty straightforward, pretty simple. I mean, as far as cities go <laughs> and, and working with cities and dealing with it, I would say it's... Um, it's a pretty painless process. 
So after we ate some breakfast hash and pimento egg sandwiches at Paperboy, we headed over to Veracruz All Natural Tacos to meet up with Lisek Mary Skull, whose family has been running this place for the last eight years. We wanted to get her thoughts on how the food truck scene has changed since her family got their start. I mean, what was it like then to have a truck in Austin versus today? Cheaper <laughs> to start. It was a lot cheaper. Rent wasn't as, as expensive as it is now. Uh, there wasn't that much competition. Uh, food trucks became very popular throughout the years, but it was hard. It was really hard because my mom was a single mom. Uh, she, she has two kids, me and, my, and a, my brother. And it was just her and my aunt starting off and with the help of my grandmother, who Veracruz wouldn't have been what it is without her recipes. Everything you eat, that's all her. And so it was hard to start off because they were working, you know, a full-time job and trying to feed two kids, pay rent, and, you know, maintain a quality food truck. And it was hard for them. There were nights when we were sitting there with them, and we would just watch our mom work all night. My brother slept on top of a fridge. I did homework outside sweating, getting bit by mosquitoes. Uh, but it was fun. Those, I think those are memories that we're going to have forever. And... And we look at it now, and it's just so crazy because, you know, we've been in, in, like, the Rolling Stone magazine. We've had interviews with the Food Network. And, you know, who would have thought that a little truck that was, like, what? It was, like, a 4 by 8 Not even. It was tiny. It was, like, half the size of what we have now would have turned into what we have, which we're about to open a brick and mortar in Round Rock. We would have never imagined that. But they had a vision, and they stuck to it, and they busted their butts, and... And I'm glad they did because it wouldn't be what it is now. Why do you think, you know, looking at kind of the landscape of food trucks just around America, like there's no question that Austin has really pioneered this culture, if you will. Why do you think it is a city that allows for so many food trucks to exist? I think what's so great about Austin is that people are very open. People are very open-minded, um... They're open to trying new things, being different. Austin is all about being weird. You know, you're walking downtown and you see someone riding their bike in a thong and someone else out of town is like, what the heck? And you live in Austin and you're like, that's normal. Like, that's nothing, you know? And and that's the cool thing about living here. People are so open, you know, to trying different kinds of food, African food. We have trucks that sell, like, things wrapped in bacon. Everything that's wrapped in bacon, desserts with bacon. And, you know, you're like, let's try it. People are just so open-minded, and people come to Austin to try different things, to, to experience things that you wouldn't experience in other cities. And I think that's why food trucks here have, have done such a good job, and Austin has embraced them so well, because the, the vibe of downtown is so good. You have a little bit of everything here. You have something for the family. You have something to go out with friends at night. And, you know, you have UT, which is a great campus you have a little bit of everything here, and, and it's great. I love this city. I, wouldn't, I, don't, I don't think any other city would embrace the food truck world as, as well as this one. I haven't seen that. I know exactly who you're talking about. The guy in the white thong. Uh-huh. He used to walk up and down 6th Street in flip-flops after Leslie, yeah. our token citizen who is now unfortunately deceased, has gone by. Has the man in the white thong resurfaced? Because I haven't seen him in like five years. Yeah, there's people. I think it's great. It's so funny because I think he actually has his own Facebook page. And, <laughs> and people post pictures of him all the time. And 
they tag him. My mom actually has one a picture of him, and he was dri- like writing down Cesar Chavez. He usually comes out really early in the morning. I think it's because it's a lot cooler. He didn't like the, the hot weather a lot. <laughs> and like the running man, the one that's on South Lamar, I think, yeah, South Lamar and Rumberg, he's just in the corner of the street dancing with his headphones on, and he's been there since I was a little girl, and I swear that man does not age. <laughs> Do either of them come by the truck? I don't know. Maybe they're dressed. Maybe the thong man is dressed. I would hope so, and if he does, I would love for him to tell us. Uh, the running man is really far away from us, so I don't think he does. But maybe the guy in the song has. <laughs> um, anything, like, thinking about the city and permits for food trucks and how easy it is to open a food truck versus, like, a brick and mortar, can you speak to sort of how that process has been for y'all? See, that's, that's, that's funny because it's not easy. It was easy, but now it's not. There's so many regulations now, uh, so many things because, I guess... Austin has evolved so much, and there's so many food trucks that with time, you know, regulations have to become a lot more strict. Uh, You know, your drainage water, the size of your water tanks, how big your grills can be, your fire extinguishers. Like, you have to go through a lot, a lot of of regulations, a lot of permits more than anything, health permits, fire permits, all this stuff. But opening a brick and mortar here is, is hard. It's really, really hard. Like, I think even knocking a wall down from a building that isn't even supposed to be there takes forever. And the city of Austin is huge. It's so big, so it takes time for them to even respond to you. But, yeah, it is a lot easier to open a food truck than a brick and mortar. You're right about that. But it's still not It's not a walk in the park. It's hard. Just to go to, like, a an inspection, like a yearly inspection, it takes... It's a process because we have to drag the food truck out you know, clean it out, uh, make sure, like, everything is working properly. And even by the smallest things, like, the tiniest things, everything could be perfect. And, like, the smallest thing could be wrong, and they don't. And you have to do it all over again the next week. So it has its ups and downs, its pros and cons, yeah. I think you make probably the greatest breakfast tacos in Austin. What do you think makes an excellent breakfast taco for people that don't understand breakfast taco culture? The tortilla has a lot to do with it. If you don't have the right tortilla, your breakfast taco just goes downhill. Not overcooking your egg, not when it's brown and and it's like has all that grease from the the grill, it's just gross and you know, a good piece of bacon makes a good breakfast taco chorizo that isn't greasy like super duper greasy and overpacked with all the marinade it's perfect because a good chorizo and egg taco has to be blended together but it doesn't have to turn your egg completely red that's when you know you're getting a bad shitty taco to be honest uh beans our beans are refried every day you know they make their beans from scratch we don't buy them already cooked or in a can they make them every time and and they season them. I think good seasoning has a lot to do with it. Uh, the tortillas, yeah, hands down. The tortilla makes a great taco. We have bad tortillas. You don't even eat it, so it's not even a taco. So that wraps up the latest episode of Munchies, the podcast. Thanks so much to Tin Ho and the crew at Whole Foods, Ryan Harms at Paperboy Austin, and Lisek Mariscal of Veracruz All Natural, who makes the greatest breakfast tacos in the world, as far as I'm concerned. 
on the next episode of Munchies the Podcast. When I remember when I first started touring with these guys, like I never ate Thai food or shit like that. You know, I, was, I ate McDonald's and Mexican food. And then just traveling, your palate just opens and you start experiencing new things. We're eating some of the city's best barbecue with the Deftones to discuss writers eating on the road and their latest album. So check back in just two weeks for the latest installment. Until then, get all of our delicious content on Munchies at munchies.tv. Peep us at Munchies on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, too. I'm Helen Holliman. I'll catch y'all real soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.